Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure positive podcast. We are creators, leaders, innovators, and teachers redefining the word clit. Because guess what? It's not a bad word. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked and For Your Wellness. Happy Tuesday, Clitorati. I want to start this week's episode with a quote from feminist icon Gloria Steinem. This is from the first Women's March where she spoke. She says, God may be in the details, but the goddess is in the connections. We are at one with each other. We are looking at each other, not up. No more asking daddy. We are linked, not ranked. And I just thought that was really beautiful because this defines the glaring difference between an ideology between living in a matriarchal society versus the patriarchy we currently live in. And today, we are very lucky to have a powerful woman from the movie, The Glorias. And as a feminist who grew up in East Germany behind the wall during the post-communist era, then came to the US as a strong feminist, it's that background that had her land the role in this historical movie. Please welcome Annika Pample. Hey guys, so happy to have you here. Introduction. Oh my. (laughs) Well, I met, I actually, I met Annika. So, inside of COVID, one of the things I've taken on is like roller skating. And Annika and I both tried to not die the other day, roller skating through Venice Beach. I was I was very surprised but it was so great to meet you and um, you started to share a little bit about your personal story and the and and your participation in this movie and I just knew that we had to have you on the show and I and I want to start with just I would love for you to share your story because to me you're like a very unique and powerful feminist and the way that you talk about it I just basically want you to like Say everything you said to me at the bar right before we took our tequila shot. <laughs> oh, well, you guys literally just met each other? Yeah. Yes. I, I actually How did you know that you guys like, knew each other. Like, you're yeah, like, we know each other. dating this week. I'm like, what? <laughs> Nice. No, it was it was okay. really fun. It like we we rollerbladed or um the others rollerbladed. Oh, yeah, rollerbladed. We tried not to die. Um yes. and sort of <laughs> succeeded. It uh you know when when people get cheered on and you're the awkward ones in the back. That was us. <laughs> that was us. Got we it. were okay. the ones. We we're the awkward ones in the back. No, but Ooh, I was just so blown away by your view on feminism and your your unique story. And I just really wanted to have you on the show. And also the fact that you're part of this movie is yes. it's such a powerful movie. So I was like, we definitely have to have you on here. So um, tell it. us. So tell 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 the <laughs> listeners of Clip Talk the story you told me because I loved it. Uh, I. Don't remember fully where I started, um, but maybe we should talk about the term feminism quickly so that, you know, we get that part out of the way because it's defined in so many different ways by every woman that's a part of it or that's not a part of it. People that are anti and pro and uh, it, it there are several different waves of it and people that have done this for 40, 50 years and so much better than, than I could. I'm from East Germany, so I was born still with the wall up. Um, it's a very different time. It's a very different culture. And that really influenced my childhood as well. 
So you have uh, an era of complete paranoia. Uh, my parents were paranoid. My dad was <laughs> a member of the Stasi. <laughs> so mm. you have a lot of political things going on left and right. And um, the moment I could escape, I did. I went to boarding school and my grandparents always told me something very valuable. They told me, you have your freedom, you need to go use it. And that's what I did. So I went to you know, college first. I became a storyteller. I studied theater directing. And then I did grad school. I got a Fulbright scholarship and I went to the United States and studied here, did my master's and finished with a master's in directing. I didn't actually study acting. And then I came to Los Angeles and I did a lot of different things. And um, I did finance my graduate degree by being a stripper. So feminist aside, I did what was necessary at the time. And I, uh, I learned a lot about people at the time. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So yeah. So Annika, we have you on here representing the acting part of your career, but you're mostly a screenwriter and a director. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Which is very cool. I love that. But I love that you're able to be an actress in this movie, which is so amazing. You know, I fell into it and I, I started enjoying it. I never set out to become an actor. I didn't want to be one, but, um, I fell into it in a very strange way and I enjoyed it more and more the more I did it because there's there's a vulnerability to it that you don't get to experience on the other side and it really helps you define the other side so when you when you write and when you direct it really helps having been in front of the camera before Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, so let's jump in. Let's let's talk let's talk about the movie, The Glory. So the movie that that's we're it. we're here to talk about today is The Glorias. Um and it's a movie that's based on Gloria Steinem, mm-hmm. who is basically the world's most famous feminist. <laughs> like um, yeah. and she's a, and, she, <laughs> and she's a feminist icon. Um for those of you who don't know her, um, about this woman. She's a writer. Like, so Gloria Steinem, she is a writer. She's a lecturer. She's a political advocate and a feminist organizer who's actually mm-hmm. still alive today. So this yeah, movie is, is. amazing. It, the movie takes place. It starts, it's like her in all different walks of life. It starts with her as a child in the forties and, um, like with her family and all throughout her entire life. But Gloria Steinem is actually still alive today. Um, and she's still speaking out on issues of equality. So um, so what I want to know from you, Annika, is can you tell us sort of your biggest takeaways? Because I know that I know from knowing you, I know that you don't do anything lightly and you really you do dive into anything that you're going to do. Can you tell me a little bit about your takeaways from studying her for your role in this movie? It was interesting because, you know, I got I got a script and you get these scripts when you're um, a lower level actor to say that lightly. Uh, and, and, and sometimes you don't get the full script. You get a couple of scenes and then you get a call and you're like, hey, you booked this thing. And at the time, because I'm from Germany and you study history differently, I didn't know who she was. And I know that sounds quite embarrassing, but I had to really study her from the ground up because I don't want to partake in a movie where I don't know who the subject is or, you know, the surrounding forces or the politics behind it. I would never do that. So I went and really studied this movement. I read her magazines. I um, studied her speeches. And she is a very fascinating woman and human to study. It's just a beautiful thing to stand for something all your life and to push it through with with a calm and a dedication and a focus that is so, so hard to find. And to this day, you know, um, there are things that we all thought, I didn't know the ERA hadn't passed. 
we all thought were just a normal thing. We're in 2020, we should be equal. And then you study someone like her and you realize, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, we have a long way to go. (laughs) So Annika, for for those people listening who don't know what the ERA is, can can you just educate us a little bit about exactly what that is and how that's such a pivotal part of Gloria's story? So the ERA is uh, the Equal Rights Amendment. It's a part of the Constitution that never was passed. It's 24 words long. It's quite simple. It just, in the eyes of the Constitution, at the very basic level, makes women equal to men. Because when the Constitution was passed, women were properties first from their father and then, you know, to the husband that they married. And although we've overcome that in in several different ways of feminism and we had suffragettes and, you know, now we're working women and we have beautiful choices, um, it still hasn't passed. And there were several attempts to pass it. And uh, one got very, very close. It uh, required, I believe, 38 states to pass and 35 agreed and three Mm -hmm. were missing. And that ran out of time. And now we're back in the exact same boat in 2020, where women in the United States uh, are still not constitutionally (laughs) considered equal to men. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just women. It's um, it's also like other marginalized gender. So basically, they're like saying men are higher than anyone. Yes. And... um, and it's, it's, you know, the passing that would provide permanent protection against laws that discriminate on the basis of gender. That is also, yep, that's it. And that's kind of crazy. Of course, they're anti-discrimination laws, but it's not the same thing because states can change some of them on a state-to-state basis. Yep. A constitution is a lot harder to attack. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fucked. And sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm all aware, like <laughs> technically in the Constitution, you know, we're all fighting for democracy. Yeah. Yeah. So Floria is particularly interested in um, sharing the origins of sex and race caste systems, which is basically structures that are determined by birth, which is a lot of what we just talked about in the ERA um, of how... Uh, systematically, you can discriminate or hold yourself above mm-hmm. um, other people, and um, and then also she speaks out against gender roles and how child abuse is roots to being violent as mm-hmm. an as an adult and nonviolent conflict resolution, which is something we've been talking a lot about in 2020. And you know, cultures of indigenous people is important, and that yeah. was in the movie with. Um, her Native American. Yeah. Were they lovers? Wilma man killer. Yes, that would that would be the the real life person there. Um, I honestly, were they, let's get to the, were know. they banging or not? Were they like? I think you can ask Gloria. I don't know. I honestly, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. There were <laughs> so many sexual undertones in those. Were, I was like, is it cute? I'm watching I myself. It. Is it just me? I they, were, they were definitely banging. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't know. Ask Gloria. She might just give you a wink. Who knows? I just, I, I <laughs> energy between them regardless of whether they were or they weren't. And yes, you, you mentioned the uh, nonviolent conflict resolution. I always thought that was really fascinating watching her speeches because she does a lot of that. She gets attacked by men left and right. And the way she answers is with complete and utter calm. And just yeah. completely, it, it would take me so much to get to that calm point because I'm, I'm not her. I'm not that person. I'm not that strong. It's so fascinating. And it's so beautiful to watch that happen. 
And the the yeah. director and the writer did such a great job Julie, depicting yes. that Julie um, Taymor. Julie yeah. Taymor. And there's that one scene where Gloria's in the car, everyone's around her car, mm-hmm. they're protesting against her because mm-hmm. she's going to make a speech about um, pro- pro-choice, about abortion. And yep. um, they, in the movie, they tell her story through four four or five different age ages of mm-hmm. her life and it's just like a little girl crying and then she opens the door and then she's there and I just thought the storytelling in this movie was so powerful <laughs> and cinematically so <laughs> virtuous and um, it was just really uh, really an incredible project to be a part of. You know, I I was a fan of Julie Taymor since I was a teenager. I grew up as a filmmaker. I knew I wanted to be a director. So I had this this weird thing. I loved her movie Titus since I was about 13 years old. It's my favorite Shakespeare film. And I studied all of her movies in film school and then in grad school again. And then I get to to meet this woman and actually work with her. And she was absolutely awesome. She sat down with mm. me for lunch and all of a sudden it wasn't this this director that I admired and me, the, the actress that was there for a couple of weeks. It was it, she made me feel like a colleague and she did that in a very beautiful job in, in a very beautiful way, um, very smoothly. And I told her about Titus and I told her about a specific shot that fascinated me for basically 20 years at this point. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, but there's a shot where uh, a character that was raped brutally. Um, gets her tongue cut out and her arms cut off. Yeah, super light conversation. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And she, like a scarecrow, gets put up into a field. And when she's discovered, um, she raises her arms and she opens her mouth. And it's this beautiful flow and dance movement and, and blood pours out. And I used to call that the aesthetic of the ugly mm. for about 20 years. And then I met her and I told her this. And she's like, you know what? You're not far off. I based this on... Uh, survivors of Hiroshima and on the dancers that had lost Mm. limbs and that was so fascinating to me and gave me so much and she was very gracious with her time and sharing pieces of her experience as a director with me specifically and how hard it had been in specific parts of her career as a filmmaker and that meant the world to me well and you were you were even sharing so Julie Julie Tamar is like I guess, a feminist director in her own right, like the films that she's created. And you were sharing with me how difficult it was for her to actually make this film. Like yeah, nobody, want, nobody wanted yeah. nobody wanted to fund this film. Nobody wanted this story to be put out there. Like she had a very difficult time even having this story, even having this movie made, which is... It's it's so ironic, right? It just speaks to the context of the movie. <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't know whether it's context related, but I know that Julie has talked about it in other interviews, and I'm sure you guys can find it. But it just in terms of a film finance perspective, I see that you know where I am as a director and as a writer. Um, the way to finance a movie is per stars. You can you know you you have to bring a collateral to a bank or to a debt financier or to a private investor in order to give you money for your movie. And the most bankable stars to this day are male. Um, so mm. if you have a story that is primarily female, even with stars like 
like this movie at that are an all star cast. It's absolutely ridiculous. Know, Julianne Moore, right? Bette Midler, right? yeah. Mel Mane, right? people in this movie, yeah. Left and right. It's still to a financier is a very hard thing to finance because it's so interesting. You have to look at the markets and you have to look at what sells. And it at the end of the day is like a bank giving you money for a house they have to look at how you can make that money back yeah. and that's what they do and that's how movies with a primarily female cast get financed less often and less easily yeah isn't that the truth uh, did you yeah. did you have any like crazy or cool moments with like julianne moore or bet midler or anybody like that on set <laughs> i wish i wish i had uh all my scenes with alicia vikander she's okay. um, also incredible she yeah. is she's is- She's a very sweet, sweet woman. Um, I had a lot of fun with her. Uh, I, it was, you know, one of those times when the director really trusted me as an actor too to do what I, what I had fun doing. So we just, it, it was cool because it was more theater than it was a film. There was a little bit of time to rehearse. It was very beautiful and it was a really good experience. You know, someone like Alicia does roles like Lara Croft and, you know, ex yeah. and you're there, you're like, hello. Hi, <laughs> so you're was, hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, she's very good at what she does. She's very professional. <laughs> like both of us did accent work for the movie. So she does, you know, glorious accent. I'm not myself in the movie either. I do a Russian accent. So we tried not to mess each other up. Wait, let's hear, let's hear <laughs> your Russian accent. Time. Let's hear your Russian uh, accent, Annika. No, no, not on point. Please, (laughs) how to prepare? (laughs) I can do a a Russian accent. Lindsay does accents on the fly. I do. That's amazing. You do? I'm a very good Russian girl. You know, first you take the balls and you cut them in the hand and then you take the shift of the cock in your right hand and you twist it in the counter of the clockwise motion like a good Russian girl, you know? Okay. okay. This is my bad. sister Linasty. Okay. Nice. Okay. It's nice to meet her. You know, she's very, it's nice my to name her indoors. Is, my name is Olga. <laughs> I try to, Olga. I try I to hit Olga indoors, but it's difficult. <laughs> Sometimes Olga just needs to come out, man. Sometimes she, <laughs> Sometimes she does. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> she's like rolling her eyes. She's like, I'm out. <laughs> We on a regular basis on this show just make Katie completely uncomfortable. Um, no, anyway, so anyways, back to we're supposed to be talking about the movie. Um, <laughs> but this is fun too. Um, no, in the beginning of the episode, Katie shared a really um, a beautiful quote about yes. um, being linked but not ranked. Mm-hmm. Was that your experience of being on set in this movie? Yes, for sure. Um, so with with the actors and with the director, it was absolutely my experience. You know, you had Julie really, really diving in and, and trusting even smaller actors with their work and with the rehearsal process and uh, with dealing with the other actors. She did an absolutely incredible job. She didn't make you feel lesser than at all. On the contrary, um, we got to watch every shot afterwards. Um, we got to talk in between. She adjusted what needed adjusting but she also just admired what she really loved and she'd let you know that in the moment which was a really fun experience um Mm. alicia too very very kind very open very with you the same with the most awesome costume designer you can ever meet who also did mary poppins and i adore her for that (gasps) wait the original mary poppins no the new one one. i was like 
I was like, oh my God, that's my <laughs> Sandy Powell. Of all time. Sandy oh, Powell okay. is a legendary costume designer and she is probably the coolest dressed woman I have ever seen in like anything <laughs> she ever dresses. I mean, I just can't imagine. Like, like it's female directed. It sounds like a lot of the production was like, like female enforced, a, a heavy female cast. And I just, I just can't imagine as like what that environment would be like as opposed to a traditional movie environment. Like it was almost like a matriarchal culture on the movie set. You know what I mean? I mean yes, but also no. You know, I've had that year specifically, I got lucky enough to shoot very different things um, mm. almost at the same time. And out of, I think the seven projects I was working on, four were directed by either women or um someone of color, which was quite lovely and, and a wonderful experience. But yeah. I didn't have, I, I, of course, there are negative experiences here and there, um, but I didn't have a very patriarchal experience in that way, uh, except for one film I've ever done. So I've gotten very lucky. Ooh, <laughs> very lucky. Can you tell us about the film that was <laughs> not like that? <laughs> I can tell you about the experience. I won't reveal who okay. it was. That's fair, that okay? fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Hey, Clitorati, we wanted to take a quick minute to share about our Patreon. You know, we absolutely love being able to create weekly episodes and continue to normalize our message of pleasure on earth. Our Patreon is a monthly subscription crowdfunding platform that allows us here at Clit Talk to have the flexibility to expand our message without having to worry about how it's going to financially impact us personally. We are committed to expanding and creating new and exciting things like live events and a safe VIP community so you can share and be heard in real time. So if Clit Talk makes a difference for you and you'd like to connect with us on a whole new behind the scenes level, please consider supporting our Patreon. Your support makes a huge difference for us so we can make a difference for you. This episode is sponsored by Let's Get Checked, our favorite resource for personal at-home health testing. Clitorati, we know you're out there hustling. Every day I'm hustling, hustling. <laughs> you're busy like we are and you can't put a price tag on convenience. Let's Get Checked has everything from at-home fertility, hormone, STD testing. 35 and I want to have a baby still. And I was really nervous about my level of fertility. With Let's Get Checked, I was relieved to get the information and it was so convenient. I was able to literally drop the test off on my way to work. Getting an STD appointment these days has been near impossible for me. So Let's Get Checked makes it so easy with their at-home testing kits. I absolutely love it. So keep your health in check with Let's Get Checked and get 20% off using the code CLITTALK. So I was working on a very low-budget action movie and it was just dangerous left and right. Um, there was a stunt team there, there was an armorer there, but the director really wanted to get a shot of, of me jumping down a waterfall, 40 feet, by the way. And oh my, my stunt, yeah, my, my wonderful stunt girl refused to do it because the, um, the conditions on the bottom weren't correct. The divers weren't in a correct spot. She couldn't trust the rocks or anything. So the director started joking to just push me down. And then he actually tried to push <gasps> me down. That was one of the experiences what? on that movie. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there was a moment when um, my character was supposed to be shot at by a bunch of extras. And they accidentally, instead of uh, blanks, gave the extras real bullets. No. What? Yes. What? And the stunt coordinator noticed, also accidentally, and that they saved my life. Oh my God. 
Nobody can. I know this is a podcast and you can't see us, but Katie and I are both like holding our faces right now because I can't fucking. Are you kidding I can't even, me? I mean, I'm not kidding you. Why like, are there even real bullets on a movie is, set? That was all be. of our questions. And the stunt coordinator lost his mind and started yelling so loud. I've never heard that before. I mean, yeah, because they almost killed you. I started laughing. I was so delusional. I didn't know what to do. Yelling couldn't have helped. So I I sat there. I was laughing at it because it was that crazy. Oh, my God. Holy shit. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. The the, the craziest part about this whole mess was the movie finished. It's out. It's a movie out there. It's it's a full movie. She's not going to tell us what it is. I'm going to go on your IMDb and try to figure it out. Yeah. Well, okay. fun fact, just to change the subject <laughs> slightly. <laughs> One of the cool things that I learned from the movie is around the word Miz. I never mm-hmm. realized that that wasn't a, uh, a suffix. That, 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 that Gloria Simon. Prefix. Prefix. Yeah. Prefix. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. I didn't you. know that either. Um, I'm so glad I learned that because, you know, you learn English in school in Germany and you learn the prefixes. Prefixes? Prefixes? Whichever way, the multiple of prefixes. It's not prefix uh, I. Well, but that sounds really great. That I'm going. I'm, I'm going with that prefix one. I. I like that. I like one. That's definitely I. not a word, but it should be. <laughs> it really needs to be now. Well, anyway, all the prefixopodes. Um, I didn't know that that one wasn't one either. <laughs> Right. That's yeah. so, that, that was so badass. And and the other thing I really want to to touch on is just how fucking profound the women's movement is. I mean, yeah. this is... Uh, I studied social movements in college. It wasn't my main area of focus. And watching this movie was... I was just like... Felt like I was back in, in college. Like I was studying it. I was like telling my husband, shh, the whole time throughout. <laughs> and he'd be like, it's getting kind of slow. And I'm like, you would say that during a feminist film. Like, you know, like I was like, don't, don't be that guy to say that. It, don't, don't be the guy to say that it's slow. It's a feminist film. You got to be careful. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, you can't say shit about can't say it. shit, right? And, and, and I'm just thinking about it. And I'm like, it reminded me that really no joke. This is this movement. Mm-hmm probably had the largest impact on every other social movement that existed, the cross-pollination between, because it hit every single race and it hit every single social class. And it, one could say, is potentially the, the, the greatest catalyst for other social movements to have been able to have made the changes they've been able to make. Yes. Well, and to piggyback off of that, like this whole show... Clit Talk was inspired, like our kickoff was the first women's march here. And that was really my yeah. first experience being a part of a movement like that. And it was so inspiring to me that like we've been doing this show for three years now. And yeah. um, it's it was incredible to see how in the movie, how far back it went and where it started to Gloria Steinman speaking at that same march where this show really like took off. We were there. So, yeah. right. We were there. And it's yep. just, it was really um, inspiring to remember that time. Did you see her speak at that march? I don't, we were, we no. were filming people asking yeah. them to say the word pussy. If you could name your pussy, what would you name it? And this was back when it wasn't like that accepted. Like we were really pushing the boundaries with but our questions. Were, on film. People were and into it, it though. Yeah, a lot of people. What were. was like the most? What, what what's the most common name people named their their pussy? No, it was all different things. They're all different. Really? 
Yeah, yeah. everyone named their pussy something different. Someone was like, mine is Sophia. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. No, well, there you go. I mean, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like what's the, an exercise of what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Like, yeah. Yeah. if you could name your pussy, what would you name her? I have no Lynn idea. Asti. I never thought. Sophia. <laughs> That's amazing. I love this. This is, I would actually have to think about it. I would get Monica, all deep about it. If you could name your pussy, what would you name your pussy? No, go. First, first name that pops no. in your head. A, an easy decision. Like, I would have to think about it. You have to, like, name something. Oh, something so you're, you're like, really attached to i would have to you know go into a layered analysis of what i would want to name it so your pussy's very thoughtful is what you're telling us <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> okay so i was having a conversation with my 13 year old cousin yesterday uh two days ago and found out that her pussy's name is francine i like that what? okay no okay. now that i have now that I have your fucking attention would you like to know how how <laughs> yes. i found this out what the fuck yes <laughs> okay Oh, like that's a great right. name. Jesus, right? Really? So so she went through some sexual trauma. I think I shared on the show. She had some like kind of funky sexual experiences. Um, kids made up rumors. Stuff was online. Oh, um, it's been really hard for her. She's totally disconnected herself from her pussy. Now, she's 13. We don't talk to minors about this on the show. And we joked about that last a, a couple of episodes ago where we were talking about how, oh my God, we should, we should, Erica Lust, can we, we were asking Erica Lust if we could show, <laughs> show soft porn to kids to teach them about pleasure education, right? Yeah, you that was have my... to ask in Europe, you'd be fine. She, she was like, legally, I cannot tell you yeah. yes, but she yeah. basically said yes. <laughs> right. So it made me think like, wait, I don't know if it's okay to talk to a 13-year-old daughter. I mean, daughter. Wow. Cousin? I think it's really important, actually, that you do talk about that when they're 13. So I I decided to just fucking do it. So last week, I'm on the phone with her and I said, look, there's this thing and it's called mirror work. And I just invite you to do it. Because she was had an unconsensual sexual experience. So I said, you know, go in front of the mirror, look at your pussy. I created a context around the word pussy, around how it was taken away from us, around... All this stuff about how we've been shamed around how we smell and this and that. And I really was responsible for it before I then prescribed her to sit in front of a mirror <laughs> looking at her pussy. And um, so she calls me. So whatever. We get off the phone. Two days later, she calls me. And she's like, hey, Mad- hey Madison. That's, that's my real name for those of you who haven't figured that out yet. She's like, <laughs> she's like, sugar. It's sugar. She goes, I have to be honest. The other day when we got off the phone, I was like, all right. Is this woman crazy or is this science? Probably both, but you know. <laughs> and she said, I'm Definitely happy to report. both. <laughs> yeah, we, we can all verify it's, it's both. And she goes, I, can, I wanted to let you know that I did it. And the craziest thing happened. And I was like, what? She's like, she talked back to me. She said That's that amazing. she said, I'm sorry to her. She said she was pissed at me, but she said, I forgive you. And then she told me she had a name and her name is Francine. Wow. Cool. I mean, can you imagine? 13. I wish someone had told me to talk to my pussy when I was 13. I really do. I really me do. Um, I think it's just so different in Europe. You know, you grow up yeah. so differently over there because I remember we had this magazine called Bravo. And in Bravo, this would, it would be so illegal here in the States because there's this page in there. No, seriously, I'm, I'm going no, to believe you. Gonna blow <laughs> your minds, but there are 16 year olds that take a selfie of themselves naked. 
And that is an every week's issue and was of me growing up because it normalized their bodies. But essentially, those are 16 hmm. year old kids. Right? Yeah, but it, it was it was for other like body. the magazine. It was like a teen it's, magazine, it's so it was meant magazine. to just. So it's kind yes. of like Teen Vogue, but it's like, here's what I yes. really look like. Here's a normal it's, body. Yes. And it is a normal mm. body. It's not just one skinny or one this. It's like kids, you know, deciding to do this. And it yeah. kind of did exactly what it was supposed to do when you were a kid. It normalized nudity without a pornographic um, encounter of any kind. It was just right. a very normal thing. But now thinking back on it, I'm like, oh man, that's... It, if you look at it wrong, it's absolutely child porn. It's just this <laughs> yeah, weird thing. <laughs> yes, but it's 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 also it, there is a cultural difference there too because yeah, right. I've never heard it described as such in Europe, and it wasn't the connotation was very different. It wasn't sexualized. Is that because mm. maybe there's like less perverts in Europe? Than... No, we have the same amount of perverts. We just okay. teach them earlier. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 I think you learn in school a little differently. And I remember talking with my mom about sex quite early and it was just this normal thing. And, you know, I, I grew up even with my grandparents in the summer hopping into the lake naked. It was a normal thing. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. something to be afraid of or something to shy away from what you, or to, to just close your eyes. And it doesn't mean that they're less perverts. I've had very bad involuntary sexual experiences too, but, uh, it, it's just sexuality is treated differently. I always think of the fact that here as a, as a storyteller, you need permission to show boobs or to show a naked, a naked body, right? You get an R rating, but if you blow the boobs up, you're fine. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my, so my older sister lived in Stuttgart, Germany for a few years and I went to visit yeah. her and we went to the spa. So here in America, the spas are, if there's nudity, they're divided like men Which I on found one out side. the hard way. I went with my boyfriend and my boyfriend and I got divided. It was supposed to be a nice together, relaxing experience. <laughs> yeah. So weird. But it's not yeah. like that in Germany. And I went to this, it's, it was like a spa and I yeah. didn't, cause I'm always been in America. I didn't realize that it was going to be like naked men and women together. And I was just, I've never seen so many different penises in my life. And well, it, it was, Europe. yeah. And, and, but like the guys didn't care. No, it was they don't. so it's not nice. Sexual. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is pretty cool. I like this. It's, it's really not sexual. Like we have saunas all over no. Germany and also Switzerland. You know, if you go into the Alps, you have these crazy cool saunas that have like, I don't know, 17, 18 different things all over the place. And people yeah. just run around naked. And it gets normal after like five to 10 minutes. You, you sit there and you do your thing and you enjoy it at first because I'm now, you know, a German American. I've lived here for 10 years. And so I'm like clutching my towel and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so <laughs> weird. And then after 10 minutes, I realized that nobody gives a shit and nobody gives really a shit. Freeing. It's yeah. really freeing and quite beautiful because really nobody, nobody does give a shit. Not in Germany. Not there. Nope. Nope. Um, well, that's really cool. So I want to, I want to ask you, Annika, you know, obviously we want ever, I loved this movie so much and it must have been so amazing. Like if you were to like say in one sentence, like why everyone should go watch this movie, like what would you say? And what did it mean to work on this movie? <laughs> That's at least two sentences. Um, I know. You're right. <laughs> you, you can have, I was a, like, paragraph. That's a, pretty hard you have a paragraph. <laughs> okay, so I think it's really important to watch the film because 
it's still a social issue that's been around for, you know, 60, yeah. 70. If you go back to the suffragettes, um, a hundred and a hundred years now. Yes. And if yeah. you go back even one further, when it was just about, you know, abolishing alcohol, 130 110, sorry, my math is off, 110 years. So it's yeah. an issue we clearly haven't actually gotten to the bottom of or even close to the bottom to. And the word feminism is associated with anything from anger to man-hater to, to shrew to someone who is just very haggard and very, you know, closed off every day and i think we gotta we gotta retake ownership of what that word actually means that it just means equality that it should mean um supporting other women um that it should mean lifting other women up that it means being equal to men like something that i found and that pisses me off every day when equality is mentioned men think because you can work you are equal that's that's not the idea in this country if you are a single mother in a big city, you are immediately fucked. If you don't have su- significant funds to support your child, at least for two years as a single caregiver, mother, you will not be able to work. You will not be able to live. You're immediately impoverished. There's no such thing as really free kindergarten or free school or free childcare or free anything. It is based on a capitalist society and the idea of a two-household system, on the idea of the traditional American family. And while I love that idea as a choice, it should never be the only fucking choice. You have to give women equal opportunity when they have children, or even if they don't, to have a choice in life at every point of their lives, all the way continuously. So that it doesn't mean career or child, that it doesn't mean, oh, you now have a child. Now you either choose between being impoverished or uh, being a shitty mother. So you have to be able to support all of this and not make people feel guilty along the way. It's, I, it's, there's a lot wrong and a lot of this needs to be fixed. And what it meant for me to work on something like this, um, this is the exact kind of project I do want to work on. So something that, you know, should mean something to other human beings, something that really says something, something that has a message, even though um, a lot of people may not understand the message or may not be ready to understand it or, you know, may not may not want to understand the message or maybe against it. I'd rather say something that people hate than something that people find lukewarm. Mm. Yep. Well said. Um, and, and Gloria Steinem, I, you know, I knew who she was, but I really didn't know shit about her until I saw I this movie. Yes. And, and it's really a movie that every, everyone should see, but it really mm-hmm. every woman should see the commitment and the passion and everything that this woman went through to make a difference for all of us. And it's still um, going through. And way, it's still, and it's fighting. still, it's still happening. Yeah. It, this is like, yeah, it's still happening. Um, I've, and yeah. And you can watch the movie on Amazon Prime. Yep. Yes, yes, for, yes. For, for free. For free. For free. You can watch it. I was actually kind of surprised that it was free. I made my husband watch it with me and he was like, uh-huh. is it going to be like, thing like money to rent? And I was like, again, with the feminist comments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just no, had to. Stop it. 
right. He's the opposite. But it is. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You, you, can, you can. It's called. The movie is called The Glorias. And it's mm-hmm. about her entire life. And you can watch it on Amazon Prime for free. And mm-hmm. um, Annika, thank you so much for coming and just. Thank you for having having, having an it. honest having an honest chat with us and um, it was just so cool when I when I met someone roller skating who had been a part of this I love movie. It. I knew we're we had to, to have roller you on. skate some more. And you guys absolutely. should absolutely ask, you guys should ask Gloria because she oh, might be more I'm than happy going to. I'm gonna, we're going to try yeah. to get Gloria on the show. And so, Annika, you're you're also you know a creative, um, you're a creator, a director, a screenwriter yeah. in your own right. What what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if people want to follow you on the Instagram and Oh. <laughs> it's just my name. It's just Annika Pumple. Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, yeah, yeah. Annika, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today and well, thank um, you for having just me. having a really candid chat about feminism and, and life and, and um, being a part of such a pivotal, important movie to all of us here, obviously, in this, in this moment in time and in life. So um, we really appreciate you being here with us. <laughs> I really appreciate all of you guys and your questions and, and what you guys are doing with this podcast and how open it is and how educational it is, especially for young women. I think yeah. it's super freaking important. And I'll have to think about what uh, I'm going to have to name my genitalia now. You have to name your pussy. Like, I we'll, really we'll apparently to, do need to you're do really that. Gonna, well, you, you let us know. And by the time this episode comes out, we'll put it in the show notes what you decided oh, to name no, your pussy. It's not, it's not going to go on the show, but next time we're roller skating over a shot of tequila, I'll probably have okay, a name. All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. All right, all right, Clitorati. With that, we will see you next Tuesday. Thank you for being here with us today. We love you. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes.